For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files Pubcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's Pubcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 5.9, Snoop Guru. My name is Tanzan, and I'm joined by Jess. Hello, hello. Maggie is still away today, so we have a returning guest. Jay, welcome back. Yay. Glad to be here. Yay. Woohoo. So, real quick exciting news is that Jim Butcher announced he's putting out another short story. Oh. So exciting. It's going to be about Toot Toot. <gasps> yeah. Our favorite fairy. So, it does is. that mean we have to change our lineage, our, our linear timeline once it's re- released? Probably. I don't know when it's going to be set yet, but we know it's about Toot Toot. It's coming May 2022. It's going to be part of an anthology with a bunch of other authors. So we mm. still have to wait a little while. But it's exciting. That is very exciting. And Toot Toot. And Yay! Toot Toot. <laughs> so yeah, that's fun. Heroic hearts. Ogre Bridge Abutments Realty Incorporated. Let us help you to find the perfect home. Focusing on quiet areas, nearby schools with a distinct lack of police presence. Chapter 19. Dresden convinced Luke Guru admits the chaos and carnage. Murphy attempts to take a kill shot but has run out of bullets. Dresden uses a spell and knocks the beast through the wall out of the building and uses a binding spell to disable McFinn. So chapter 19 is in the room and then uh, just received that stuffy. (laughs) Yeah. And then gunfire erupts in the hallway like mad. It's harsh. I would think so, yeah. Like, (laughs) and it says really quickly, like, Dresden is just like, I'm exhausted. Everything hurts. I'm tired. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like, (laughs) it's been a rough day already. I mean, what, he woke up in a motel room, went streaming through a forest, and then potions and spells and magic and this bullshit. Right, <laughs> having the crap kicked out of him. Like. Several times in the same place, yeah, too. He, he's been arrested and escaped arrest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he got smacked in the jaw twice. I'm still trying to figure out how he ran there. As fast as he did with his hands cuffed behind his back, there's a reason why they handcuff you behind your back. So you can't use your arms for balance. So it's like, okay. Well, they mentioned that, actually, uh, once yeah. his first, yeah. first Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, if you go through everything that he went through, I mean, not even judo experts can land and roll on your shoulder, never mind a shoulder you've been shot on. And now he's going to try to take on... The werewolf, a, were, a werewolf of werewolves. So, right. Well, he's Wizard. technically not cuffed anymore. So at least there's that. <laughs> <laughs> but he is shit kicked. Yeah, for real. It's it, it it's a little bit of fantasy. Like, well, I need him to escape, so it's happening. But also, you know, there's been that point where Dresden is just like, conceal, don't feel, <laughs> yeah. run, 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 run. Yeah. Well, and he has a moment of self doubt uh, where he sort of goes. This is not smart for me to continue. If I am a smart wizard, I would go leave and do preparations. He says... Um, regroup, reheal, and then yeah. we can reattack. But it's tough to beat a wizard who knows his enemy, but is prepared to deal with it. 
It was the smart thing to do, but I've never been known for my rational snap judgment and decides to blow a hole in the wall. <laughs> he said that, but he also like followed it up with being like, I'm on my last legs. And I was like, oh boy, baby. Last, <laughs> last leg. Yeah. <laughs> Bit and toe and all the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, it's well, been chewed on yet. a little. He's getting there. But he's like, this is book two. <laughs> Sweetheart. <laughs> You're on your last leg in book two. I'm like, okay. So much more coming. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so like you said, goes through the wall like a show off. (laughs) Which it's super unnecessary too, because it's already been established that the werewolf put a hole in the wall. You could have just gone through that one. Like the Looney Tunes, like I think you would have fit through his hole. Like you didn't need to make your own. Well, maybe it was a different, because he went into, he was in a different, um... He goes office, in a different direction. And then he goes into Murphy's office to collect his things, so... Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe it's a corner off. He still went in through <laughs> the door so, the first time. So dramatic. That's my thing. He's just a show-off. He's just like, nim, nim, I'm so grumpy and angry right now. Fuck this wall. Like, <laughs> like the structural damage isn't already an issue right now. <laughs> just expanding Murphy's office. She'll appreciate it Yeah, no shit, right? She needs uh, a window welcome. right here. <laughs> Second door. It's all good. I, I like how also when he went through the doorway, he's like, I sure wish I had the duster right now. Would have been so much cooler. Right. <laughs> Said I'm in these stupid janitor scrubs. I'm like, ah, you suck. <laughs> he loves his dramatic entrances. Right. My goodness. All he, all he needs now is his favorite uh, theme song. Where's music? Literally, he just carries a boom box everywhere <laughs> with him. Wait, 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 wait. Click. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Just, just mood music. Yeah, literally. What's that? Megamind? Have you seen it, right? Yeah, the, the entrance. The villain? Yeah. yeah. I just, d- 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 let me put on the music first. <laughs> what does he say? Like, for ambiance or something like that. That's awesome. That'd be great. <laughs> we see a scene of carnage. Many dead, injured, and dying police. Because, as you said last episode, police are, at least in, in the, uh, the sci-fi genre, <laughs> fodder. They are fodder, <laughs> They yeah. sure are in this episode. <laughs> Jeez, boss, thanks for the red uniform. Literally. <laughs> littered littered the ground of cops. It's like, yeesh. And not just bodies, but limbs. Yeah. And blood, ligaments. And and mayhem. It's sheer mayhem mm-hmm. where they have, they have uh, Butcher writes, two cops carrying a headless corpse away from, because re- they're, they're not realizing that it's a headless corpse yet. It's just so just They're just evacuating so a body. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, Michael brought up in the last time that we're, this is the Terminator, you know? And it is very much just, yeah, like, not human problems right now. Like, you've got plaster and, uh, well, what is it called? Uh, throat? Jugulars? Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. plaster and jugulars, like, both lining the walls and floors. It's like, oh, great. Thanks. And blood everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, what would you say about an animal or a thing that can go through cement walls, steel doors, and all the rest of the stuff, right? So. Yeah, you, totally. Right? You're under arrest. And take kill shots to the head. Yeah. And then yeah. smile. And yeah. we said earlier that, like, we know for a fact that at least some of the cops had watched the beginning of this on the security footage and came running. So I'm sure to a certain degree, a lot of them weren't aware of what was happening, but we know at least some of them were. 
So mm-hmm. just to, you know, it's, it, I mean, both is horrifying. The 50% who knew that was what was happening and the 50% who don't. It's just like, fuck. Yeah. Oh, my God. Bad day to come into the office. Yeah, when the other person that was prepared was Murphy, right? Because I read the report. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, so he has... So Dresden intercepts with his blasting rod, preparing to, t- to attack, but Murphy takes shots with her s- silver bullets and sort of distracts the loop guru. Right. So, uh, today's episode, not today's episode, the one that came out to most recently, <laughs> uh, for whenever we recorded it, we were upset talking with Michael about, um... So about three the, the weeks silver, ago. Yeah, the silver earrings. Yes. This is what I'm trying to say. We were very hung up on Dresden describing Murphy's ears uh, a couple of chapters and ago. And her poor, vulnerable, naked earlobes. <laughs> what happened to them? <laughs> so, yes, now it is revealed. Murphy's silver earrings were put into some bullets. So, as you said, she did her report. She read up on her stuff. How big are those earrings? That's what I was saying, like, right? A twenty-two caliber rifle. I mean, that's... That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's... Uh, Wow. My so, theory is that it's it's allowed to be an alloy as long as there's sacrificed silver in it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think okay, it has to be so. just I don't think it has to just be the inherited silver. I don't think it even has to be majority. I don't think it even has to like encase has to have, it. Has to I think have it some. just has to have the sacrifice of the fact that you gave up your inherited silver. Okay. So yeah, so But for me that would still only mean two bullets. Because I think if you're, like, <laughs> grinding down this earring into, like, Well, that's why I think an alloy, right? like, it maybe is just, like, a 2%. It, 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 it does yeah. mix with lead. That's usually where you find silvers with lead or tin or stuff like that, so. No, but my point is, like, I don't think that, like, it, it the same intent would work if you're trying to, like, cut up a tiny little silver stud into multiple pieces. I don't think the intent would be like, oh sure, here's 37 bullets from your no. But if you're saying it's an ashes. if you're saying it's an alloy, what she and she does make her own shots, she would have to melt lead to make her own shots. So you just put the silver in with the lead when you melt it down, it's in there. Oh, okay, okay. So okay, if okay. you just yeah, that's what I mean by alloy. I see, I see, I see, I see. I see. Yeah, so if it's just okay, okay, you know okay. just a little you know a few micrograms. Would work out. It might be okay. that that severe an allergy to inherited silver. I don't know. That's you know of anything else that doesn't stop the damn thing. <laughs> be thankful something, something does. Yeah. Well, and it's a weird sort of thing to stop this unstoppable beast as well. Like mm-hmm. like it's so random. Inherited silver, not well, silver that's that, yeah. been given to you, not something that you've bought, not no, something no, that you found. You, it can be given to you. Well, I mean, that's the, the whole thing. It's given as a gift, so given as love. Well, Maybe it, that's what the the magic is and not. I, I mean, versus what? inherited from a family member versus, well, you know, some too, person, I mean, most like my best friend giving me it is not an inheritance. No, no but then again, that's, uh, you know, I know a lot of my fa- family there, they wouldn't give me a damn thanks. So, well. <laughs> you know, someone gave you some uh, chunk of silver. <laughs> Maybe they're thinking about you a little bit. Sounding a little like Marcone soon. <laughs> Here's a dollar. Go make something of yourself. Anyway. Well, part of the fun, though, is that, like, all of these, like, supernatural deterrents originally started due to, like, just what we didn't understand about medicine, right? Like, garlic or silver or salt. It was all just these antibacterial things that we didn't understand, right? And we're like, you know, we really? thought that we were plagued by some vampiric condition. And we're like, oh, hey, garlic really treats this. Ah, vampires must not be able to deal with garlic, you know? Things like that. So it's like the inherited silver is a little bit like, 
Well, there's it's the, not following that same scheme, you know? Oh, it does. But have you ever heard of colloidal silver? It actually is an anti-bacteria um, thing that you can actually ingest. For, oh. for silver, yeah. It acts as a blood cleanser. But there's not a lot of research that I know of. But mind you, I'm not a doctor about that. But, I mean, I see advertisements for it saying that this is the cat's ass at $300 a bottle. Drink up. <laughs> I'm okay with the silver being used because even then it would have been something back then that was more antibacterial for like tools, you know, rather than like a lead scalpel, right? I'm sure the silver scalpel, they were like, oh shit, this works way better. But I think it was more, well, if you're cutting someone, I don't know. I don't know. I was never a doctor back then. I don't know anything. <laughs> point Silver's is, neither were yeah. they. <laughs> Fair enough. But my point is like the inherited part is just, I, as far as I can tell, just butcher's own thing. I can't see any other... I guess you, you know, know? In, the, in that kind of a uh, perspective, though, I guess it wouldn't make much of a difference because you're not asking for scientific rationale. It's magic. Yes, I am. <laughs> Sorry. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. magic, right? So, still, though, I want a physics paper on it, anyways. So, after um, Murphy attacks the beast with it, with her. Supply of bullets that we're not really sure about. <laughs> Hi, ho, silver, away! <laughs> the loop crew attacks Murphy, but to, to Carmichael is She could have had other silver jewelry. She just also gave up the earrings. That could it, be right, She could too. have used all of her jewelry at home, but the silver earrings were the only one that she wore often enough for Dresden to recognize. Right. Potentially, I don't know. Could be something else. You're right, you're right. So Carmichael does in- intercept and he gives his life to save Murphy. Yeah. Murphy, like, cowering on the ground, werewolf, loop guru, towering over her. And Carmichael throws himself at the beast. We, he's not- like, he just declared himself Team Dresden. But really, he's Team Murphy. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know. Well, what did uh, Dresden say on that one, though? I said, like, you, know, you can always tell the look of a man who knows he's dying. So he didn't care at that point. Fair enough, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. At that point he, you know, if he's I'm the last gonna of die, his I'm gonna try I'm gonna die trying something. Yeah. So And it works. It buys Murphy enough time. I gotta say that, that there was just enough softening of his character right before this. Mm, like learning totally. about about the um the the stuffed animals that he keeps for kids. The the fact that he did, as you said, uh, become part of Team Dresden, saying he's got a sucker for the underdog. So I guess if we, you know, let's backtrack a moment here and say, you know, right before um, this carnage, right before Carmichael throws himself at Murphy, there is a moment when Carmichael enters with a rookie we've never met before, <laughs> right? We said this last episode. Hi, Rudolph. Nice to meet you. Um... And one of the last things Carmichael does before all this is tells Rudolph, listen to him. If he tells you to do something, do it. About Dresden, right? So for me, like, if I was Rudolph, I could kind of like, what an introduction to a man. Like, right? In the middle of carnage. Totally. Too. Like, this is, this is, to be fair to Rudolph, to it's not a great first meeting. <laughs> like, we've arrested this man. Murphy thinks that he's responsible for all of this. All of your friends are dead. <laughs> Anyways, listen to him now. He's on your team. I can, I, I, rereading Full Moon has given me a little bit more mm, for Rudolph. Like, it wasn't the best footing, you know? Yeah. Things got Rick. off raw. Rough. Like, you just imagine that if it hadn't been a little less 
little more time and a little less carnage, but like, does this always happen here? <laughs> yeah. And especially because it's welcome, SI. Yeah, welcome to special investigations. Yeah. <laughs> I know how special it is. So I got to pull, pull a little bit of uh, attention to this particular quote because, oh man, I don't know if I need to say, oh, Dresden or oh, Butcher. Murphy slithered out from between the beast's paws and her shoulder blades and buttocks. Her cute little cheerleader face set in a berserker's fury. <laughs> I, oh. Like now is not the time. Awkward, awkward, awkward. So awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, I just really. Well, yeah, but that's there, the whole thing with Dresden, though. He's always considered her small and cute takes her seriously and she's always PO'd at him always pissed off at him so it's like oh that now you have a berserker's fury on that must be quite a juxtaposition if you imagine like you know your cute okay. little your cute little pom-pom thing all of a sudden grabbing a chainsaw and going after something you know, fair enough like, but he's only ever known her as a cop he's never known her as a cheerleader no but I mean the whole thing is his mm-hmm. his perception of her was yeah. always being this small cute yeah, yeah. whatever the case and now she's trying to be a viking so the rage yes Mm. yeah fair enough this is unlike any other situation we've seen thus far so anyways seeing um murphy's near-death experience has harry shaken out of his boots man is like fizzling with energy Mm -hmm. ready to pop off at any second and he takes mcfinn and he throws him through the wall with some nice you know wind magic more or less. It nice was force. Fuego, so it was yeah, a, a I, fire spell. Okay, okay, that's what it was. And it got some good distance on it. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. Went through <laughs> some walls, the Maybe building, the, building next the next building, <laughs> next block. <laughs> it's like such a superhero scene. Totally. It was like the Superman punch. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Including and the witness. So I looked down and said, dang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a shame, though, that Murphy, I guess it was kind of that inevitable, inevitable had to ha- happen that she ran out of bullets when she had that k- clear moment of a kill shot right before he th- totally. flings him out of the, the window. It's too bad. So but close. <laughs> Could have helped. You'd have a, f- a female heroine, boom, but then mm-hmm. that'd be a much shorter book and it would true. be a short story. Yeah, it's true. And Sorry, Murphy. It's not your time to shine. And, well, jumping ahead, and all things would be revealed later, right? So <laughs> it's like at that point, I think Dresden would just be in the clink. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. True, true. Nothing the, would be revealed. Yeah. And silver handcuffs, because you can't get out. Anyway. The nice thing, though, about Murphy not getting that shot is that it allows Harry to do his voodoo magic. He has Rudolph retrieve that little stuffed animal off Carmichael's desk. We spoke last time, this little Snoopy doll. And so... <laughs> uh, I love it. You know, what, what's it to the tune of? The peanut the, song. Just the, the peanut theme song? So to that, he chants out his random Latin bounding voodoo magic on this little Snoopy doll and effectively quiets McFinn until morning, hopefully. Yes. The spell is designed to bind the beast, follow its hearing, forcing its jaws shut and crippling its talent paws. So that sort of puts a a, a, a din on that. Yeah. Wouldn't uh, McFinn in the morning realize that someone had actually done that to him? 
I don't think he has any awareness of it, though, because he's... Well, or does he? It's 50-50, because he kind of said when he came out of the Kim thing, he's like, is she alive, or is she dead, or something like that? Right? And it's like, because he didn't know if she survived the attack, or because he doesn't remember the attack. I'm not too sure. I think it's more of a blind fury. But, like, just yeah. so much rage that you can't see and anything. Even, and even red. if he does remember, when he's McFinn, he's a lot more like... Oh, fuck. Like, yes, please lock and tie me up. So I don't think he'd be angry once he came back to human. No, but I, I'm, uh, what I'm getting at, though, is if you realize something had shut you up, wouldn't you go back and try to find out who shut you up? And it's like, yeah, can you do that again? Well, well that's told, what yeah. happened in the first place. That's yeah, McFinn wanted to, to be shut up. No, but I'm saying though, now that they actually proved that he could do it. Mm-hmm. To kind of... Right. Or as McFinn got to a point where he's so blind rage or so far into the full moon cycle that it doesn't matter. I think when he wakes up, that's not the case. Yeah, I think think it's kind of like a reset with the daybreak every time. You know, he doesn't ever... Because, I mean, at this point, McFinn is, what, in his 30s or 40s? And this has been happening to him every full moon of his entire life. I think if you were going to fall into a blind rage and then never come out of it, it would have happened by now. So it's literally just, if it's not the full moon high in the sky in the middle of the night... No, that's what I'm referring to. It's like, because of that cycle. Because, what is it, four days? Yeah, three three days Mm -hmm, for sure. Give or take. Yeah, three to four days of actual... Full moon, yeah. Full moon fever, or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Uh, and they said he fought in Vietnam, right? Mm-hmm. So he'd be in his 50s, according to this, because okay. this happened in the 80s. Yeah. So he'd be in his 50s or something like that. Okay, then yeah. Um, maybe, maybe not. Anyway, he's been with it for a long time. Yes. Yeah, so. I think he's probably 40s, 50s, because yeah. the time frame, that 20 years ago. I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, this came out 2000, yeah. 2001. So yeah, anyways, the point is, is that... I think either way, McFinn, yeah, will want it. Obviously, he does want to be tied up and locked down and no hard feelings. That's what he wants. No, ultimately. But it's at the same time, you know, too little, too late. Yeah. Yeah, for most of the police, anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Dresden manages to walk straight out of the police building. And once he gets out to the, the main entrance, Susan and Tara help him down the stairs and away from the scene. Mm-hmm. He's just drunk. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. You can't really blame them all. And at the same time, the prison, some guy broke out of the prison. Let's let everyone off the property. <laughs> like, well, for fair assessment, most of the guys that were in the prison were dead anyway. <laughs> SI building and whoever else was in that building. But you think uh-huh. at certain sure. point, the rest of the police buildings could have set up a, a some right. sort of, you know, surrounding perimeter, right? I, again, I get it. A lot is going on. But at the same time, you think that at the very minimum, that all the cops would know yeah, there was just, a poli- pre- yeah. prison break. Yeah, that was, it wasn't just SI, too. That's the main lockup. Well, it's... No, it is the lockup in SI. In SI? It is. I thought it was... They were saying that it was the, lo- the downtown lockup. That's part it's of downtown. The Fifth floor is SI, and that's they're in the SI lockup. Okay. They've got their own little holding cell for reasons we could not figure out last episode as to why they would be granted their own prison. Yeah, I looked that up. It's not quite a portable like you thought. It is. Okay. It, it's uh, they're on the fifth floor itself, yeah. so they do have their own floor dedicated to SI. Okay. They just don't have a lot of respect. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess you know that makes there be more cops more conveniently nearby to be killed. But also, more cops more nearby to get a ground parole started. Right. But, I mean, it's just such a shocking scene. I Again, there's just so much going on. And, like, just I mean, so much. And I guess, like, at the same time, if you think that a bomb is going off, because as we know now, both Harry and the werewolf are putting holes in the walls. 
and something just went shooting out the side of a building for another block and a half. If you think that there's like bombs or something, which is what my original thing would be, like oh, a yeah. grenade or something to that effect is going off in this building. Yeah. I guess, yeah, it'd just be, it'd be evacuate. More, it'd be more than a grenade, but yes, you know, seeing that a hole went all the way through several buildings and most of a block, that would be kind of... Uh, yeah, that ground perimeter would take a minute to... Bazooka! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little bit violent. So anyways, yeah, um, you know, very heroically limps away from the scene. <laughs> and this is, again, I always appreciate how he crashes at the end of these huge scenes he ends up sort of blacking out or just like his, overtaxed like, and out of yeah, gold totally he, he has these moments where he's got so much adrenaline and the it's the you experience with him the the lack of it the crash totally you use up all your spell slots that's that you take your eight hour sleep and you take it now yeah. <laughs> and you are done Mind you, the higher you climb, the further you fall, right? So yeah. if you're going to put in enough power to blow something through a block. Well, and we'll see that in another, we'll yeah. see that in another couple chapters with just what happens when you right. uh, overextend yourself without thinking of the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Fire and blanks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we'd like or, to take a moment to talk about Patreon. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash freeflowrambling. Chapter 20. Dresden finds himself in a dream which he is confronted by his subconscious. Harry goes through the current facts, his past, and how to deal with his future. He's then woken by a Terra West who lets him know that they are being followed. Hey Harry, you ever wonder what Neo felt like with your residual self-image? Harry can't watch movies. <laughs> Regardless of the camera, he can't. No, he goes to the drive-in. Ah, but, uh, yeah. that's where I saw the He Matrix. fries his radio. Oh, though, so well. <laughs> Maybe you a, were with him. No. <laughs> I was with my wife. You still could have been there together. Um, I love Subconscious Harry. As uh, the books will go on. If, if you are new to the Dresden Files and don't know, he's generally referred to as, like, Mirror Mirror Harry. Ah, uh, okay. Potentially speaking. Or maybe this isn't Mirror Mirror Harry. How do we know? Book hasn't happened yet. I just like the fact <laughs> that he's got a part of his body or some conscious like that. It's like, now that you wore yourself up, can you just shut up and listen yeah, for a bit? Right. See, and it's funny because I have read all of the Dresden series, but it's like, as soon as we started doing this reread, I realized how much I don't remember at all. I had to actually listen to the audiobook of this section because mm -hmm. I was so confused when it happened. Mm. Like, what is happening? Yeah. And, the thing that got me, I'm going to read the description of him really quickly. Dresden awakens inside some kind of warehouse, a dark place with a single pool of light. He answers the circle and so does a version of himself. Only better groomed, dressed in a mantle duster of black leather, 
not the sturdy if or stylish canvas that I wore. My double's pants and boots and shirts were all black as well. They fit him though tailor-made rather than off the rack. His eyes were set deep, overshadowed by severe brows and glittering with dark intelligence. His, uh, his hair was neatly cut and his short beard he wore emphasized the long lines of his face, the high cheekbones, the straight slash of his mouth and the angular strength of his jaw. He stood as tall as I, as long-limbed as I, but carried with him infinitely more confidence, raw knowledge, and strength. The thing that bothers me the most about that is he's dressed in leather. <laughs> da, da, Just a leather duster. Sexy Harry. <laughs> Isn't that how he dresses up a little bit later in the book? Well, and that's what I'm going to bring up later. <laughs> I am trying not to be spoilery, but it just like yeah. that. That's the only thing that I'm like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how you imagine yourself. It's funny because it's like when people like say things like, my, my, why is my brain deciding this is a problem? Just decide it isn't brain. You're the one in charge. And this is literally like Harry imagining himself. As super cool and awesome, and I'm just like, bitch. <laughs> I want to think it's time traveling, Harry. Now is it going forward or Listen. going back? <laughs> we'll get there, Jay. We'll get there. I have oh. a lot of thoughts. Okay. <laughs> time traveling is a huge part of the Dresden Files. Oh. I have a lot of proof I? that time travel happens in like all of the books, and I might be crazy, but I think it's happening. Oh, so it's not just me thinking that it's time travel in this instance? Because it seems like time travel to me. Listen, it, or, okay. there's a lot of proof to say it is, and there's a lot of proof to say it isn't, and we're not really going to get into it until we get to the books that are more big about it. And as we get to the Demon Reach and all of that island, things are going to happen, and we're going to meet characters, and Jay, you're not there yet, and I need you to read ahead. But the point is, is that there's a lot of times that characters fans often bring up a continuity dispute in the books mm -hmm. and I think it's on purpose I think it's a red herring when something like or is he manifesting either or yeah mm. See, because the, but the time travel would be like your future self going back and say hey stupid mm -hmm. uh, whereas uh, manifesting would be how you see yourself in the future and that's how it comes to be listen we have a Merlin episode coming out eventually uh, talking about you know all the ways in which the Merlin world and all of those different factions and creations have influenced this world. But one thing about Merlin is that it was said that he lived his life backwards. Mm -hmm. so, Mark for, like Mork for Mork. Mm -hmm. yep. So it's just one of those more wizardly things. Kind of easy to know what the future is going to hold if you've already been there. True. Yep. And again, as you know, occasionally we come up to these continuity errors and we're like, wait, he said this, this book, but in the next book he disputes it by saying this happened. Is it a continuity error? Or did something happen? Hmm. Or is it like the butterfly effect where something changed and changed his future or Which changed the past? So. Either way is proof of time travel, so I'm okay. <laughs> ah! <laughs> we'll just, we'll make note of it. We might be wrong, but we'll make note of it. So for me, I personally didn't read it as time travel when I read this one, right? Even through all my rereads, I'm like, I don't know if this is what I would count it as yet. Like, I don't know if Jim Butcher's mind was there yet. But what I did take note of is why did Jim Butcher bring up subconscious Harry so soon? Right? Because like... Well, because he's in the, car, in the seat of a car and he's out cold. Because unconscious Harry. Potentially, but I just think like, you know, it almost seems like one of those things that you wouldn't bring up under normal circumstances until later books. For him to be talking to his own conscience so early on in the series, it just seems 
really, really quick to me from what a normal... Yes, but okay. He's also a wizard that's been trained to be a wizard, right? Which, again, I... I'm okay with it. I like subconscious mm. Harry or whomever. I enjoy this whole scene and everything like that. Oh, it's like very that. interesting. Very. It just, to me, not that it's out of place, but it just still seems really soon to be having this moment when he meets his subconscious. I just, based on all the other mm, spirits of intellect or mind tricks, mind games, mind everything, this seems like he was setting the foundation a lot earlier. Which is a good thing, technically. It shows, you know, pre-planning. Foresight with It shows foresight, right, totally. But in the same time, it also just seems so soon that I'm like, was that always the plan or was it just happy coincidence? Uh I don't know. I just took it at face value, the fact that he was finally had a quieted mind. So your subconscious can actually come (laughs) to the front and go, hey, (laughs) you know, if you were doing this or doing that or whatever the case of your future, your past or your present might be a little bit different. Mm. Tortoise wins the race. Yeah, so. it really, I it really is interesting how mm-hmm. how it's set up. Like it does proclaim to be his unconscious, uh, which of course Harry makes fun of. Unconscious <laughs> or subconscious? Subconscious. Sorry. Okay. Because mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Harry accuses him of being his evil twin. Yeah. And he claims he's subconscious. To which subconscious Harry makes fun of him back. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> banter, 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 banter. Yeah. yeah. I'm just subconscious, Harry. I'm your inner voice, bub. Your intuition, your instinct, your basic animal reactions. I make your dreams, and I decide which nightmares to pop into your old psychic VCR at night. (laughs) I come up with a lot of the good ideas and pass them along to you when you wake up. Right. So it's a little dated. So, you know. VCR. (laughs) True, true. (laughs) To be fair, VCRs was the last technology that Harry could touch. No matter what. Even... If the book had been published in 2020, the last time Harry could physically handle technology, oh, it wouldn't yeah. have been a VCR. That makes sense. So yeah, Actually, cause... no, he wouldn't because you still screw it up. It's electric-based, right? Yes, but he was a child back then, uh, right? And so his magic okay. hadn't manifested, so he was still okay. By the time technology was better, he couldn't touch so it. So basically, he's still old enough to know how to program that one, too. Pro- yeah, probably, yeah. It's the last time he ever... The last thing he ever did was record, like, an episode of um, G.I. Joe's, and then <laughs> that's it. No more magic. <laughs> Oh, this is my favorite episode. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, he, it's the last video of my parents' wet. He re- recorded the original <laughs> Teen Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so, subconscious Harry uh, essentially boils down to like, yeah, we should keep keeping secrets from Murphy. It's not her business. But also, Parrot's like, but we should train her because it's not fair what we're doing to her, letting her go out in the dark. Oh, I took that as sh- subconscious was telling... Him to say, tell her everything. Everything. He... And I then to ask 50, her 50. out. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. No, I think, it, I think it was that he was saying, don't keep don't keep secrets from her. Because the more she knows, then she realizes, well, well, first and foremost, you realize why Harry can't tell you everything. If you, if you, you know, what is it, the White Council? Yeah. So it looks like, listen, there's a governing body that if I tell you too much, I'm in shit. Said, and they don't care about human laws. And she's in deep shit anyways because of she's going to be fighting this stuff without him or not. I guess so. Like, it's not that he wants her to keep secrets from him, but I think he acknowledges why Harry did, more or less. Yeah. And I, I, I still think, you know, that there's some things that you can't go around telling everyone. But if you do decide to bring 
Murphy into the circle, then that's it. She's fully intrude, has to know everything. I, you know, it's not one of those, you know, one foot in the doorway, one foot out. Either you tell her everything, you tell her nothing. Right. Thing, okay. And this is kind of the, you know, conversation that they're having between them is like, which is it? Because it's not fair to let her go up against these things and not tell her what she's going up against. But at what? the same time, we have to acknowledge just what that danger is going to be. Whether it's fair or not, it's she's part of a special investigations, and basically she's being thrown there anyhow. Yes and no to a degree. To a certain part, Murphy pushes and finds and prods and gets to the point. They never would have arrested a werewolf in the first place if yeah. it weren't for Murphy's extra, 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 right? A lot of these people, like Carmichael, who wasn't really a believer... Um, and people, I mean, it's been said before, before Murphy got here, SI was a rotating door. And that's why. Right? And that's because people don't believe. So they're not seeing the werewolf for what it is. So they're Mm. just writing it off. And you know what? Those people are living, right? (laughs) Murphy and her crew ultimately died tonight because Murphy believed. That's really what happened. And I don't want to put the blame on Murphy, but at the same time, she was the one who was like, I'm 100% certain this is a werewolf. I'm 100% certain that he broke his jail cell in the basement. Now let's arrest him and bring him to our jail cell. I mean, Murphy. Yeah. Like, what makes you think you're going to be able to them? What makes you think that you're going to be better? And especially... Just because she's got this awareness doesn't mean that she has the knowledge and the power. And she didn't outfit the rest of her cops with inherited silver. No, she did not. No, she no. did not. But she didn't it, wait until she had time to outfit the rest of her cops with inherited silver. Good point. That's a really she could have waited until the next full moon, taken an entire month. There would have been no murders. rash in her decisions. Right? There wouldn't have been any murders for that entire middle month, other than the fact that we know that there were actually other murders happening. But based on this report, if you're going to believe in the runes, if you're going to believe in the inherited silver, if you're going to believe in the werewolves, then you can believe that McFinn is not your threat until the next full moon. Take that month to build the silver bullets and focus on the other shit that's clearly happening, right? And again, I get it. That's not good for a book. These books typically happen in three or four good, days, it's right? For, it's not also not good for a police procedure either. So just by sitting, sitting back and stuff like that? It is, though. That happens every single day. A cop can't say that's all they're doing, but leads go for months and months and months. They go cold. It's really hard for us to say that right now, assuming that there's no such thing as magic right now. <laughs> but... If you have murders on your hands, you're expected to follow... I mean, there's lots of unsolved murders and stuff like that. But if you've got leads, you're expected to follow them as soon as possible. And she could have absolutely done that without arresting a werewolf. She could have spent the month making silver handcuffs or outfitting all the cops with silver bullets. Or at least making herself have a big enough array that she can go one-on-one with it. Murphy had the information that she was willing to go... I think if you're going to believe in werewolves... And you're going to believe in all of this report that Harry built upon to at least go and make this rash decision. Why not believe in it to make an unrash decision? Like, I just, you know, again, it's not all Murphy's fault. But at the same time, like, you saw the torn apart jail cell in the basement specifically built to contain him. And you know that your jail cell back at work isn't built to contain him. Right. Like, I just, you know, like, so she, you it's brought like this carnage with you. She only kind of believes is what it seems like at this well, point, where she's got this this sort of skeptic's doubt, even though she does read these reports. Part of it is that Murphy is just a minor villain in this book. There's just nothing past it. Murphy is just one of the contentions that happens to be in this book. And the last one, you know, the big villain was Victor Sells, but we also had to deal with Morgan. We also had to deal with Marconi. In this book, we've still got Marconi, only instead of Morgan, we're dealing with Murphy. It's just, you know, a little bit of contention from every which way side, you know? 
wizard cops in the first book, real cops in the second book. And I will say, Jim Butcher has said in interviews that one of Murphy's defining traits was that she's actually afraid of big dogs. That's just like a character trait about Murphy. Mm. So that was part of something that he made about her to make her not get killed off so early in this book. It was to just give Murphy a little bit of hesitation or else she would have died in the first chapter. You know, she would have died just then in that hallway throwing herself at a werewolf. But part of Jim Butcher's, you know, process is that Murphy's afraid of big dogs. So she hesitated and ended up not dying in that cop fight scene, right? Otherwise, Murphy would have gone, not Carmichael. That's really interesting to hear. Thank you for bringing that tidbit. I yeah, like that. so it's just something, but so I can, you know, I'm just a little bit like, okay, she's really afraid and she just wants to get this done, but at the same time, like, girl. <laughs> and if she read the report, and okay, fair enough, even Harry was a little bit slow to the draw, so I can't say that Murphy, having no magical influence, would have been able to do this all on her own in, in I mean, what was it? It was 8 a.m. this morning, right? That she got the, 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 the report, right? Like this, yeah. we're only going off about 12 hours here or so. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit later now after that whole run in the forest and whatever. But maybe we're 14 to 16 hours after she's gotten the report. But even at that point. Well, it's October, so the sunrise is, sunset hasn't happened yet. So it's probably only about. It's less than 12 hours. We're after. 10 to 12 hours. We're after sunset now. Because yeah, he was trying to, be. to beat the werewolf. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's, oh, he's, sorry. He's, so, yeah, he's trying to fight. He's trying to get there before moonrise. Whatever that would be, because yeah, and he failed. Now we're after that point. Yeah. So, anyways, my point is, is that yeah, Murphy is she given a little bit more time? She would have realized, oh, there's a lot more than one killer. It's not just a loop guru. We're also dealing with something else. I can put the loop guru on the back burner until the next full moon and try and figure out what the rest is happening. But did she know it was a loop guru? She. No, I'm just bringing that up because you're, you're talking about time, and. The silver only works on the loop guru. Okay, but uh, Dresden only found out about that eight hours beforehand that there's actually more than one werewolf. And he went and immediately told Murphy. Yeah, but I'm saying those doesn't seem to be any rationale of waiting more time because mm-hmm. they're making snap decisions and apparently Dresden's not the only one that makes some lousy snap decisions. Well, yes, so. clearly. Yeah, she seems to sort of like dog in a bone to get... To get Dresden yeah. back, like she is so pissed off with him. Mm-hmm. Like once that that betrayal happens, like she is. But is it a betrayal? Quite literal. But is that a betrayal? Okay, she's saying like no more secrets. But you know, you're not telling him everything either, right? There's a, there is a thing called a need to know, and well, if he's not sure, how can he how can he tell her something? It's like okay, this is what I've heard. But I can't prove it. I don't have any other information. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Now, is that responsible? If he's supposed to be a... But she sees it as betrayal. Yeah. She sees it as betrayal, yes. Yeah, I she personally... sees it as a betrayal. I personally think that Harry did everything he could in this particular situation. I think there's a lot of times when Harry doesn't. But I think as far as this book goes, Harry was actually as about forthright as he could possibly be. The only information that he didn't share was because he didn't realize it was relevant at the time, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you can be held accountable for that. I mean, he wasn't in a police interrogation being asked the same question 37 different ways. Murphy asked him, like, do you have anything else? And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure that's it. And that was that. Like, Yeah, but even when she was trying to arrest him and stuff like that, for, for, um, what is it, obstruction? Mm -hmm. You can't be obstructive if you didn't know it was a necessary necessary piece of information. Right. One, it'll it'll never fly in front of a court. So I don't know why she's, she's pissed at him. But the only only argument I'd say to that is that we know that Harry had no idea what was going on, but from Murphy's point of view, she has his paperwork in her hand. So 
she'd be able to probably prove that he did know what was happening, even if we know that Harry was like, I don't fucking know. Because mm-hmm. what Murphy really had was Kim's notes. Yep. Kim thought they were Dresden's notes. And so Dresden is like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. And, you know, having that moment after he's arrested and sitting in the cop car and he's like, oh, oh. Still, burden of proof is on us on the arrest, arresting officer on the arrest. If you don't have Loctite and stuff like that, you can't hold someone and make it make up a story. Well, At technically, not, they didn't even have time to hold him because he true. ran away. No, no granted. Which is and an also, of guilt. I'm pretty sure you can hold up to, like, what, 24 hours? Nope. Not at all? Not unless you're, well, they say 72 hours, but you have to actually um, provide them with a lawyer. Yeah, you. they have to ask, though. They have to specify and ask. No, they don't. In America? You have the right to remain silent. You have a right to, to an attorney. attorney. You have a th- right to this. delay. That's the other part of that. So I've said it's, this before, though. Like, I watch interrogations, and cops are allowed to ignore your first request. They're not. And, they, like, you have to be very, very clear, because otherwise cops can prove, oh, it wasn't so clear, we didn't realize. They can argue in court that it wasn't that's a, a clear bullshit, ask. That's a bullshit statement. If any lawyer, so the public defender with mm-hmm. assault, would actually be able to get you off on that. Mm-hmm. Now there's a lot of. I've just seen in interrogations like cops will make you ask two or three times before they actually are like, oh, okay, fine. Well, the thing is, though, mm. if you're reading, if you're reading your Miranda rights and you're supposed mm-hmm. to be reading them, not referring to them, you're supposed to read off that little yeah. card that you have. Yeah. And it says without delay. Yeah, interesting. So it's like you come down to the station, I said, not before I get a public defender. Yeah. But yeah, seventy-two hours. Um, mm. but you're supposed to have a, a public defender. So, yeah, so whatever. Basically, the two of them agree that they did what they could for Murph in this instance, and it's not their fault, but that they're the only ones who can solve it. Anyways. So then Harry's subconscious next addresses the image of Susan. Harry is clearly worried that the only thing Susan sees in him is what she can get for a story, and that's what his worries seem to be. Otherwise, the subconscious wouldn't be bringing this up. I don't know. I think it's... uh Along the lines of he doesn't want to look too closely in their relationship because he might find something that they could have a reason to not have the relationship. Well, and it comes into, like, I think the, the, which it flows really closely with the next thing that Harry's subconscious brings up, which is Elaine. Elaine. His first love, his everything. And here's, uh, actually, I really wanted to bring up a quick point. So as the subconscious is naming uh, Murphy, Susan, Elaine... Their images are appearing, and you've got Murphy as this beaten, battered, on-the-ground, crying woman. You've got Susan in her Latin goddess, Latin goddess <laughs> you know. You've got, and then you've got Elaine as, like, this perfect, still-in-time, 19-year-old, um, like, cut-off jeans, wearing Harry's old shirt, just, like, radiant, and, like... I suppose each of these images could be the way Harry has seen them all most recently. And that's why the subconscious is showing them in the way that he is. Or the most... Yeah, not what? showing them all necessarily as their most powerful or as their best, but just right. as the most, like the most recent, immediate. most immediate times that he's seen the woman. However, Harry was 16 when he had his fight with Justin. Elaine was also 16, and now he's imagining her as 19? Oh, I didn't realize that. I didn't make that connection. So... Yeah, that's my thing. Like, have you just aged her in your mind as you've grown? Or... (laughs) 
or is this time traveling Harry who's seen a more recent version of Elaine? And I don't, I don't know. I don't think it's that. But <laughs> I still, it was just like for him to be depict, uh, imagining, you know, Murphy as this in this horrible, horrible position when you could have just had, you know, stock photo Murphy, and you've decided to do her weakest moment ever, covered in carnage. And then you've got Susan here as this Latin goddess, and then you've got Elaine here as this beautiful, radiant, our first love will never change, will never be taken, you know? It's just a little bit like... Or the, mo- the vision that was most impressed upon him about each person. Because Elaine never got older, obviously, because he lost her when she was young. But she's 16, and he's imagining her as 19. Yeah. <laughs> or typo. That's the, this is That's the, the thing. The maybe it's just a typo. Okay. Well, Whatever. But, you know, Susan is the Latin goddess and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah. And his most recent or most impre- impression of, uh, of Murphy is just what happened. Well, exactly. But even if that's just all it is, I'm just like a little bit like, fuck you, Harry, bitch. <laughs> Looking at everybody at their weakest or like their... Even just like if like this is your most girls. impressionable moment, you know. And to be fair, uh, all of these women, or at least Susan and Murphy, get bigger moments as the books continue, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's fair to say, sure, in two books, maybe they don't have amazing imagery yet, but still, I'm just like, Harry, bitch. Well, he still fights with his subconscious in that way, I think. (laughs) His subconscious and him sort of still agree about women and his awkward sort of 25-year-oldness. Idiocy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what age is, right? Well, yeah, he's about 25. About 25. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I didn't see that in any of the books there. I wasn't paying too much attention to. Yeah. It's... Other than his physicality and his uh, training, I didn't. his age wasn't something that came up. Yeah, he sounds like he's a lot older, but no, he's, well, he's, seen he's a quite lot young. More. He's seen a lot more than most people. Yeah. And maybe that's exactly why he sees but these he, women as that. It's because. Because he's still a bit of a derpy. Well, I mean, you know, I don't no know. His opinion on women seems to be a lot more young than old. A little bit more of a young, like. I must shit. be a chivalrous, so chivalrous man. Yeah, and everyone else is standing around him, like, just shut the fuck up. Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Tipping your fedora, my lady. Shut up. So Harry's subconscious calls him out on still holding himself responsible for uh, for Elaine and Justin, and how it constantly affects his behavior and colors everything that he does. Gee, you figure. Well, and... Uh, really? Uh, I, someone just had possessed your girlfriend and turned her into a monster, and then you had to murder somebody. <laughs> well, his his, um, his subconscious know. sounds a lot like a therapist, though. Like, he he basically goes through all the things that... You should stop shooting on yourself. You, how does that all make the you things, feel? Yeah. You don't... Like, yeah, there's a lot of things you should have done. You should have done this. You should have done that. But you can't now because it's in the past. So you need to look to the future. Look to the future. Which is very therapy, so not that I have much experience with therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Leave and never return. (laughs) But he does, he sounds like a therapist. Yeah, well, and there's, I think it's a little bit of subconscious, like, coddling too. Like, we all tell ourselves, like, well, there's nothing I could do, I did the best I could. Like, a little bit of that in our heads, it's like, even when we're guilty, it's like, but what really would I have done, you know? And just coddle yourself a little bit. Yeah. Um... You do that? Okay. <laughs> I do, yeah. Well, he's very hard on himself in general, so it's mm-hmm. nice that it, it's really refreshing that his subconscious is as Even just a gentle. little bit, like, yeah. Especially because this is, for all intents and purposes, evil Harry. 
I mean, he's got a trim goatee. <laughs> he wears leather and he's got a goatee. Mm-hmm. He's clearly evil. Dark eyes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's got the wax mustache twirling on endlessly. <laughs> so, how do you like me now? <laughs> <laughs> In the mind, the mustache never has to end. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, so uh, the subconscious is imploring Harry to just think for a moment, and as we were just saying, realize that all of these bodies could not have been McFinn. And he does this like quick, like the bodies are starting to pile up, and it's like, oh uh, yeah, in the last chapter we just like doubled, tripled the bodies. Like <laughs> in the last few full moons, we've had like uh, I think eleven or twelve bodies with Kim Delaney, mm-hmm. and then we go to the police station. There's another. Massacre. Dozen? Two dozen? Like, yeah. it doesn't say exactly, but like, yeah, these bodies suddenly just jumped up that scale. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, carnage, as we've said. Harry's subconscious questions that he's been trusting Tara West. He goes over some facts that it's possible Tara that could have been involved in the murders with the help of the alphas. Mm-hmm. He flip-flops, though. Like, he, his subconscious sort of goes... Your intuition is telling Tara wouldn't be the killer because of her love for McFinn and how she sacrificed herself for the escape. But at first, she's been there the whole time. Yeah. So it's like his subconscious can't decide on whether she's an enemy or a friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's totally fair that it is both Harry and the subconscious that are like, uh. Did he do a soul gaze on Tara by this point? He couldn't. He couldn't. He tried and failed. No, but that's exactly what what I was getting at. And that's what he's kind of going like, okay. Non-human. That's not mm-hmm. exactly a human trait. Yeah. So, she has no so that's, soul. That's the main reason for his distrust of her. Yeah. Harry's subconscious decides that Harry hasn't actually met the killers yet or hasn't picked them up. Quote, picked them out from the background. Which I thought was kind of an interesting point. That it's not just like that he hasn't met them, that he just hasn't figured out who it is yet. Mm-hmm. So it sort of it leads the, the reader to kind of go... Oh, who else is there? There's a whole lot of people in there. So his his subconscious sort of kind of goes to this future place where he's reminding him of all the things that that Dresden has forgotten. Number one being that he's pissed off a number of people, which include Marcone, the police, and the street wolves. Mm -hmm. Among numerous other people in his past. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, plus the long list of enemies that have been slowly getting into line for years now. She had Bob keep a list. Bob, who have I pissed off this week? <laughs> the grocery I... boy threatened to kill you. <laughs> he Pizza his, delivery guy. <laughs> he wants his radio back. Yeah. So I, I really liked how the subconscious image of Harry goes through past, present, and future. And, and that that uh, Dresden himself makes fun of this, that he's like, are you going to see, uh, am I going to see an image of ghost. of ghost Harry future? And he kind of literally does. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Harry, Harry past, present, and future. I think subconscious Harry tries to push himself away from being Dresden. He's like, oh, you're so funny. You've got the banter. That's why you get to be the one controlling the meat suit. But like, at the same time, like subconscious Harry is still Harry. Like, Harry's like, you're going to show me the ghosts of my past, present, and future? And the subconscious Harry's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm you. If you want ghosts, you're going to get ghosts. <laughs> Ta-da! Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rattle that chain. Totally. And, oh, I want to throw in as well, the subconscious Harry also brought up 
The Venatory Umbreon. Yes. So this is super, super important to know because, Jay, as you'll read in the series, there is the Venatory and there is a Venatory Umbreon. There is a distinction. So Subconscious Harry brings up Venatory Umbreon, which is more or less a society um, that we learned about during uh, Anastasia Lucio's story. Um, oh. A Fistful of Warlocks. Yeah. So... So they're a shadow society, I take it? Uh, more or less, exactly, yeah. It's not It's not necessarily supernatural participants, though. Like, just regular mortals are a part of it, but who are in the know of the supernatural. Um, and as well as supernatural beings can be a part of it as well. And they're all working to essentially squash. Um, Is this the one the deputy was the... Yes. Okay. So this is the one that deputy... Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp was a part of, as well as Doc Holliday and all sorts of other fun cowboy loves of history <laughs> as well as many others and you know it comes up again throughout the series so we won't get too big into it right now but point is is that harry is aware that they exist hey. already so i didn't make that connection i should have because we just did that one too we just spoke about it we just did it did you listen to our podcast jay i bet no. you, you didn't yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there michael and andreas listen to it my guests listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> mine don't damn it <laughs> Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, my guess. <laughs> You're lucky I just read the book. It's true, it's true. I mean, I'm still happy. We appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that the subconscious starts to address is his mother, which I was like, oh, yeah! And yeah. no, because he gets woken up. Quite frankly, subconscious Harry was a total lore dump, honestly. He's like, we're going to talk about Elaine, we're going to bring up the Venatoria, we're going to talk about your mom, bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is also Chauncey. We're going to talk about your mom. Nope, bye. Again, it's kind of yeah. funny. Everyone keeps yanking the rug out from under him. We're like... Well, no, Chauncey didn't try to run, yank the rug out under him. He tried to try to put his head in a noose <laughs> and kick him down the stairs. So. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> Point is, every time Margaret Lefay gets brought up, they're all like, nope. Join us that's, next episode. That's oh, her wait. name? Margaret. Margaret Lefay? Like Morgan Lefay? The, mm-hmm. Morgan the fairy. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. That's a little bit of a spoilerish, though. We haven't actually learned that yet. Well, and that has nothing to do with but that. It has okay. everything to do with King Arthur. Yeah. His, uh, and his, sister, his sister was Morgan Le Fay. I mean, she mm-hmm. was half fairy. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, we'll get into her name later. <laughs> but her name is Margaret. Okay. Margaret Dresden. Maybe. Were they married? Yeah, she was married. Yeah, they were married. Huh? Confirmed. Marriage happened. Margaret Dresden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So Tara has woken Tara West has woken up Justin to let him know that they're being followed in Susan's car. And that's how the chapter concludes. Mm-hmm. This concludes our episode 5.9 Snoop Guru. Thank you for listening. Jay, thank you for being part of our our, our lovely adventures. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanellies.ca. There we have links to other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and to see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling, conjure at it by your own risk. <laughs>